good afternoon. This is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives. Thanks for tuning in today on 97.5 CIOE FM, your community radio and via live stream on communityradio.ca. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission is to change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves which option may work in their case. And if you feel you're stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Now in the last episode, I talked with my fellow health coach Lisa Stables about what a health coach does and what real food is. Today, I'm with my friend Dr. Cheryl Carthouse. She is a naturopathic doctor from the East Coast Naturopathic Clinic in Bedford Commons. Welcome, Dr. Carthouse or Cheryl, since we call each other by our first names. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. Thanks so much for having me on the show today. Um, well, I became a naturopathic doctor when I decided to make that transition. I had no idea, at least previously in my life, that I wanted to become a doctor. The more I learned about the medical system, it just didn't quite sit right with me in terms of um, all of the approaches that we have to medicine. Some of the things that we have are really fantastic. And then the more I learned about naturopathic medicine, the more that I really understood how medicine can really look at the whole person. And there's quite a bit of a different approach. Both, I th both uh, medicine, both naturopathic medicine and conventional medicine are very needed in our world and they can both have their strengths. And the more that I learned about naturopathic medicine, the more I learned about that holistic approach to health and more of a path to actual, actually having a really fantastic quality of life with lots of energy and no pain and great sleep and people being able to achieve their dreams and more in their life. And I knew that that was something that I needed to help the world with. So that's what kind of got me on this journey. Wow, that is so wonderful. Now, what really is the difference between a naturopathic doctor and a medical doctor? Can you be both or what training and experience is needed for each of them? Yeah, that's a great question. I get that a lot. So for both a medical conventional doctor and a naturopathic doctor, there is a really uh, intense regime of schooling required. Uh, it's four years of medical school for both of them. They both require clinical hours. Now in naturopathic medicine, the clinical hours are incorporated into that schooling. There are very few of us who are quite lucky to go on and do another residency as well. And um, I've completed part of a residency already. And in terms of learning about what treatments we do, that's where we can differ as well. So medical doctors tend to focus more on pharmaceuticals and naturopathic doctors kind of have a bigger toolbox. So instead of only having pharmaceutical drugs as an approach or treatment, naturopathic doctors can have a whole toolbox full of herbal products or um, extracts that we might use, different teas or different things like that. Some of them you can't necessarily get in just other, any type of store. So it's always great to have a dispensary, which we call it, where we store lots of um, herbs and that type of thing. 
Um, we can use acupuncture as well. We're trained in traditional Chinese medicine. At our clinic, we do a couple of really interesting things that not everyone does. We have uh, IV therapy. So that's intravenous oh, therapy yeah. where we can actually give nutrients straight into the veins. What and it, kind of nutrients do you give? Yeah, that's, Is it that's, just uh, herbs or do you give other nutrients like vitamins, minerals? Great question. Uh, we kind of do it all. So we can actually have compounded herbs or extracts of herbs that we can give in, in IV. Typically, we give a lot of nutrients. So there's lots of minerals and vitamins. Essentially, we can make up a personalized concoction for a person for what a person needs and give that to them in like straight into their vein, especially because we have so many digestive issues going on in today's society with the different food and the stress that we all deal with. And when there's a lot of gut issues going on, it can sometimes take quite a bit of healing and whatnot to get to a point where you can absorb enough nutrients to feel better. So when we can do it IV, it can be very, very helpful. We have some other very specific ones that we use a lot for patients who might have a cancer diagnosis um, or any patients with Lyme. We deal with a lot of Lyme disease at, um, mm -hmm. at my clinic as well. So are you a competition then to medical doctors or do you work with medical doctors? How does it work? We really work alongside medical doctors, so we work with them. I'm writing letters uh, very often to different medical practitioners. Really anybody in your health team we would always want to work collaboratively with because we all have really different strengths and can really help the patient to get to their best by working together. That is so interesting. I think many listeners don't know that there's really not a competition, but more a collaborative approach to healthcare, which I think many physicians are not aware of that naturopaths really don't threaten them. They don't threaten them. They just compliment them. Yeah, the more we get to know each other and learn what each other does, um, then it's really helpful. And I found a lot of doctors being really collaborative as well and working together. Yeah. I know that we both place a big emphasis on nutrition. Can you tell us a little bit about the basics? What really are the building blocks of our food? Yeah, so when we eat food, they're made up of usually a mixture of protein, carbohydrates, fats, vitamins and minerals. Those are sort of, sort of the basics of what all of our food is made up of. So does it make a difference if you eat, say, fruits and vegetables or if you eat a package of hamburger helper or a craft dinner? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely it does. So eating more of a whole food diet will generally give you more of those building blocks. Part of the issue when we get into more of those prepared foods is that we get away from those basic building blocks that our body really uses and we tend to add in a lot of man-made products, a lot of different chemicals for preservatives and that type of thing. So mm -hmm. sticking to more of that whole foods where you're having lots of those vegetables and fruits and um, some good sources of meats and proteins, which I think we're going to talk a little bit about today. Yes, since we'll hopefully have you on the show a little bit more often and we can talk about all those building blocks a little bit more in detail. So today we picked the proteins because many people are not aware what proteins really are. So what, what is a protein? A protein is a food, well, we have it as food, that is made up of different amino acids, they're called. So these are the parts of different building blocks. 
uh, one amino acid is made up of an amino group and kind of these different molecules that are all combined together. Together, it has a carboxyl group. There's some nitrogen in it. I know these are words that not everyone's going to understand, but these are sort of the components if you're actually looking at the molecular structure. So and there's we, really chemistry in biology. A lot of chemistry in biology and naturopathic medicine, yes, mm. <laughs> and in our food, really. And when we have a whole link of these amino acids, typically around 20 to 30 are linked together, then we call it a protein. And those have many, many different functions in the body, and we use it for quite a number of things with the different organs and everything else yes, in our body. Tell me well. a little bit more about that. What really do proteins do? All right, well, in our body, Proteins can act as building blocks to make basic structures for really everything that holds us together. So they are basic structures for our muscles and our bones, our skin and hair, even our blood vessels and all of our organs. Each cell as well has these actin filaments, they're called, and those are all made up of protein. You may have heard of collagen before. It's something that we is in our skin. If you cut yourself, our body lays down a little meshwork of this collagen, and all of that is made up of protein as well. So it's really important in the growth of tissue and the repair of all of our tissues. What about hormones or uh, neurotransmitters, all those little molecules that uh, tell the body how to work together. Yeah, those are all actually proteins. So every communication messenger in our body is actually made up of protein. Uh, that's how the communicate or the, how, that's how the that's how the brain communicates. It how it's how our moods are regulated by sending these messages back and forth. It's how our thyroid is regulated as well. So our thyroid hormones are actually also made up of protein. Wow, so really we are made up of a lot of protein. Well, I want to get more into what proteins really do in the second half of the show. And it is so interesting what really food can do to our body. So now we are at the end of our first broadcast and please tune in after the commercial break for more about Nutrition Basics with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Cheryl Karthaus. Welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE FM, your community radio and on live stream on communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and I'm talking today with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Cheryl Karthaus. Before the break, we talked a little bit about what proteins do. Can you just refresh our memory and go a little bit more into detail about that, please, Cheryl? Absolutely. So proteins are really useful 
as building blocks in the body. They help with the growth and tissue repair. So all of our muscles and bones, hair, skin, even our blood vessels and organs. They also help our body to communicate to different parts. So like our brain will communicate to the rest of our body using neurotransmitters. It can change our mood. It can even have an effect on whether we feel happy or sad or depressed. It can help with memory as well. And actually whether we feel pain in the body. Along the same lines, thyroid hormones are also all made up of protein. And then there's a couple of other things that we didn't explore yet. So enzymes are also made up of protein, and they really are one of the biggest things that govern all of the different interactions in our body, including digestion, which is such an important thing when we talk about nutrition. Now, what, what does an enzyme do? That is a name that is known to people, but they really don't know what it is. It is a protein. So what does it do? That's a great question. They're kind of like these little mini machines and they go around either, when we're talking about digestion, for example, these enzymes will actually break apart at a molecular level. So we're looking all the way down at these links that are between these little tiny, tiny, tiny molecules and the enzymes go in and basically snip them apart. Like a pair of scissors. <laughs> yeah, exactly like a pair of scissors. Oh, okay. Chop it up into tiny yes. pieces so that we can grow grab onto them with these little receptors on our cell and sneak them into our body when we're when it's all passing through the small intestine which is where we absorb the majority of our nutrients so our cells can actually grab onto these tiny pieces and absorb them in because the enzymes have done all their work at snipping all of our food pieces apart wow that is so interesting so where do we get those proteins where do they come from These proteins, while some of them come from our food, some of them we can also make with our body. Wow. What do we make them from? We make them from other proteins. So <laughs> we have to eat protein. <laughs> Eating protein is so important because we need to be able to have all of these around. Like I mentioned before, when we were talking about what a protein is, it's made up of all these different amino acids, they're called. And when we can break apart these amino acids, our body will rebuild a type of protein that we need. And it will then turn that protein into a structure like an enzyme or whatever else it needs. So when we don't have uh, that particular amino acid, they're called essential amino acids. And then there are also non-essential amino acids, which are the ones that the body can actually make from some of these other building blocks. So does it matter what foods you eat when you need your protein? Yes, absolutely. It's a great idea to eat a variety of proteins. So what actually is a protein? And I know that this question is going to be on the interview here somewhere. So what is a protein or where can we actually get it? We can get it from different animal sources. So basically meat is the majority made up of protein. It's almost all protein, but there will be some other fat in there as well. And then there are other vegetarian sources of protein. Well, you know what? Let's explore the meat sources yeah. first. So we can have fish. That's a fantastic source of protein, especially here in Nova Scotia. We get a lot of the type of... And seafood. And seafood. Lots of seafood. Absolutely. Um, having uh, chicken or beef, 
lamb, any other type of wild game. You can have moose if you go hunting or venison. Deer. Hmm. Those are Many all great. Many people love the deer meat. Absolutely. And you would know very well also about chickens because yes. I know that you have some in your yes, backyard. Yes, backyard chickens. So does it make a difference whether you get your eggs and your meat from battery chickens or if they are happy flocking around in the backyard eating bugs? Yeah, when we're looking at the overall constitution of the animal, the healthier the animal is, the healthier the protein will be. And it's really important then that the animals are eating all of the foods that they're meant to eat. So with cows, we want them to be grass-fed. And with chickens, we want them to be running around. They actually eat pebbles and worms and bugs and lots of different things other than a bit of the grain that they would also be fed. And I'm sure you could probably tell us more oh, about that. Oh, they eat all kinds of kitchen scraps they eat even meat left over they love their protein themselves and, and of course bugs absolutely <laughs> all That's kinds great. of bugs so that is really fascinating now what about if somebody is a vegetarian and uh, vegetarians what's the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan Yeah, so if you if you eat eggs that may be an ovo vegetarian those would also be a great thing to get from a free-range source because they can have a little bit of a different effects on the cholesterol and whatnot in your body. In terms of vegetarian and vegan, vegans tend to avoid eggs. They would tend to avoid anything else that's produced by an animal, and that includes even honey for some people oh my, because yeah. honey is produced by bees, and honey actually would have some protein in it as well. Not a whole lot. It's mostly made up of uh, some of those glucose compounds, but it does have some of it in it. So a vegan would avoid all of those types of animal products, including dairy. So how do vegans get their protein? Because there's people that uh, thrive on a vegan diet at least for many years. Yeah, we often think of protein as just being meat or from animals. And there's a lot of protein in a number of different things. If you were to ever look, it's a good example, at any of the protein powders on a shelf, you'll actually see pea protein and rice protein. There's actually a lot of protein in a whole bunch of different vegetarian sources. If we're looking at what we can include in our diets, that would include a whole category called legumes, which would include chickpeas, all of the beans, some lentils are in there. What about nuts and seeds? Absolutely. Those are also yeah. fantastic sources of protein, and they're mostly made up of protein. It's wow. interesting that when we look at our food, it's actually, it's not only one thing, even though if we look at the Canadian Food Guide, it splits things up into certain categories. But if we're talking about a nut, it has a whole bunch of protein in it. So it is going to be in that food guide protein category, but it does have some carbohydrates and a few other things in it too. So it's really interesting to think of that variety. And healthy fats, but we'll come to that later in a later mm -hmm. show because there's so much to say about the real fat sources. So how much protein do we really need? Can people eat too much protein and what does it do to you? We can eat too much protein, absolutely, especially if you have any particular types of condition. Particularly, eating too much protein can be very hard on the kidneys. So if you have any type of kidney failure or any type of kidney disease, you might want to be a little bit careful on how much protein that you're eating. Typically, for there's actually like a calculation you can find that looks at how much you weigh, how active you are, and you can do a little calculation about then how much protein you should be eating. 
If you're a bodybuilder, you're going to need a little bit more protein. And surprisingly, this might be counterintuitive or seem counterintuitive. People who do endurance exercise actually need even more protein than bodybuilders do. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Also to keep in mind that vegetarians or vegans would need to eat more grams of protein because of what we call the nitrogen balance. So we use up a lot of different things in our body when we process protein, and we want to make sure that we have enough of that to go around for all of the other things that our body needs those little ingredients for. And vegetarians and vegans tend to use more of them up because they are eating a vegetarian sources of protein. So they actually should eat also be eating more protein if you're looking at it by measuring how many grams per day. Mm-hmm. I read about that there's whole proteins and proteins that supplement each other like beans and rice or eggs and potatoes. So when somebody does not want to eat meat, which I understand is a whole protein, maybe they should be very careful what they eat on protein and how they combine it. Yes, having a good variety of different proteins is really mm-hmm. important. I have a Facebook group called Nutrition with a Mission. And there I'll have a document posted with all of the different amino acids and the foods included and even what they do in the body. And you can see where if you might actually be deficient in one of these proteins or one of these amino acids and you don't eat meat, then you can kind of have a look and see where else you would be able to get it from. Say a source might be quinoa or lentils or soybeans or wheat germ even. Wow, that is so interesting. And if you didn't understand the name of the Facebook group or you didn't have no time to uh, write it down, at the end I will give you my email address and I will be happy to forward you the information. Okay, so uh, we didn't talk about how much of the protein really a normal person needs. How much would that be? A gram per kilogram or half a gram per pound? It's, It's very confusing. Right. So typically we calculate the protein needs based on somebody's weight and how active they are. So if we're a sedentary person, we're going to calculate our weight in kilograms times 0.8 in order to get the grams of protein. If you are very active, you want to be calculating this number closer to 1.8 times your kilogram in weight, and that would give you the grams of protein. If you are recovering from an illness, if you're pregnant, uh, if you've had a cancer diagnosis, if you do weight training or endurance training, these numbers all are on the upper side of what your protein intake should be. Wow, that is so important. Now I know that certain proteins can be inflammatory and even cause allergies. What do you think happens in our body when these proteins go wrong and how can that happen? We have only a few minutes left, so we'll touch on that topic in a later show. But just give the viewers a little idea of what happens when it goes wrong. Right. So our whole immune system is actually made up of protein, but protein is also what our body reacts to. So if we have leaky gut, it might be a word that people have heard of before, some of these proteins from our different foods and things like that actually get into our system and our immune system starts reacting to them. That's certainly not good. How does the immune system get to get in contact with those 
proteins. Yeah, so if we're eating them and if it ends up being a little bit of a food sensitivity that we have, not quite an allergy, you're not going to get a whole anaphylactic type reaction where your throat swells up, but it can cause a lot of gut irritation. We have a lot of digestive inflammation, our intestines become a little bit leaky. And what that means is that each cell should essentially hug its neighbor. And when these hugs get a little weak, they start to pull apart and the neighbors, neighboring cells are still trying to hold on to each other with their fingertips, but they actually almost leave gaps. And then these little food particles, our little food particles that sneak past these little fingertips end up getting into our system and our immune system reacts to them. Wow, there's so much to it, and I'm looking forward to getting deeper into this issue on a future show. And this brings me to the end of today's show. Next time, we'll talk about fitness and health. Please don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions, or if you'd like to contact Dr. Gerald Carthouse. My email here is christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at communityradio.ca, and I'm always grateful for any feedback. Thanks for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Goodbye, and I hope you tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOEFM Community Radio with live stream on communityradio.ca. Goodbye, and have a great day.